0: This is the day, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord Has made. Today is a good day to be alive. And today is a good day to worship God. For today is Pentecost. And Pentecost is one of the least celebrated holidays in the Christian year. And yet it is very important because Pentecost is recognizes and celebrates the birthday of the church. Originally, it was a Jewish holiday that gave thanks for the harvest. For us as Christians, it comes from the word 50, penta, 50, and it is the Sabbath after a week of weeks. In other words, seven days times 7, which is 49, and the day after the Sabbath, which is 50. That's what Pentecost is for us as Christians, and those 50 days come after Easter. And Easter is a time of celebration, of excitement, of new life and renewal. And in some ways, Pentecost captures that and takes it even further forward. But what happens after Easter, we often try for the first few weeks to keep that excitement and energy going, but it's difficult and life being what it is often comes in the way of less energized and less excited times. In other words, there's a lacklusterness that can come in that is a part of the ups and downs of our lives. And I know this is true for me. There are times when I feel great energy and have tremendous excitement and other times less so. There are times when my spirit is flagging and sagging and other times when it is energized and exuberant. And that's an exciting time no matter what happens when we do have that exuberance, uh, especially in our relationship with God. But that up and downness, that lacklusterness and that exuberance can be part of our relationship with God as well. So I'd like to um, read our text from Acts again that Michael read for us. For when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a loud sound like a rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Few of us have spoken in tongues, and Paul really doesn't make much about speaking in tongues. He recognizes it as a gift of the Spirit, but it wasn't part of his experience and he doesn't focus on it. And so I'd like to look at other manifestations, other ways that we can experience and be touched by the Holy Spirit. One of the ways the Spirit works in us is by what we call fire. It was referred to in our text. When our hearts are on fire, sometimes we say. When we're inspired and fired up, we use that kind of language. Because fire is that which ignites and excites in life. And so that fire, much like a real fire, needs air. It needs breath. Sometimes if a fire is struggling to get going, we blow on it. It requires breath. And that's what the word spirit literally means, breath. It's God's breath. And so when we are touched by and impacted by the Holy Spirit, we are touched by the breath of God blowing upon us and igniting a fire-like sensation in us that gets us inspired and gets us going. And I was, I was thinking of lightning as well because um, I had such a vivid, almost traumatic experience uh, right after Michelle and I were married and we were in our first house and our little bedroom was on the second floor and there was a big, Oak tree, right outside our bedroom window, and one night, during a thunderstorm, a strike of lightning hit the tree and ended up uh, killing the tree it didn't uh, it didn 't tip over or anything, but it, it was so dramatic and i I remember feeling the electrical charge in the air, and the hair on my arms was standing up on end and, and We just laid in bed for about a minute and couldn 't even say a word it was It was that shocking and, and that uh, amazing and impactful to us. Well, our kids were young at the time, very young, and so we tried to explain it to them. And when I did a little research, I found out that every uh, lightning bolt that sends the big lightning uh, in the sky uh, is actually uh, led by a leader bolt that we don't see that either hits the earth or hits some object like a tree. And it's that energy in the leader bolt that then takes the energy and the mass of whatever it hits in the earth and sends that charge back up, and that's the actual bolt that we see in the sky. And I think that maybe the Holy Spirit is like that leader bolt, that the charge comes to us, and then we, in turn, out of our experience, out of what we are, then is exuded back to the world. I think that's what happened to the disciples. I think they were touched by the Holy Spirit, but something in them had to give a charge back so that others would see this amazing faith they were trying to share. And had it not been for their exuberance and their having been ignited and charged by the Holy Spirit, I'm not sure the church would have ever had the momentum that it had necessary to fight against all the competing forces in the first century to actually take hold and take root and gain more and more followers. Because that experience of the Holy Spirit in Pentecost is what set the whole movement on fire. And Jesus shows us the way to tap in to God's energy and excitement. It is the power of Pentecost. Now, there was a gospel that did not make it into the uh, canon. It's not part of our New Testament. It was the Gospel of Thomas. And they found it many years later after the other four gospels were put into the Bible. But in the Gospel of Thomas comes this one line. Those who are near Jesus are near the fire. And those who are far from Jesus are far from the kingdom. And so it is. To be near Jesus is to be near that fire. Not a literal fire, but that which sets our hearts on fire, ignited by the breath of the Holy Spirit. To be ignited and excited, as Jesus was, is to love God and to love others. And yes, even to love ourselves. It's in the great commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength with all your soul, and your neighbor as yourself. The soul is so important, the heart is so important, because there is nothing more powerful than a soul, a heart on fire. So we can be creative during these times uh, of seclusion, where we're more isolated than normal, where we can't do all the normal activities we'd like to, But we can be creative even at this Pentecost to let the Spirit spark us to new and creative ways of loving God and loving others and, yes, ourselves as well. Because this is a time to praise God, to praise God in our living and in our loving. And Jesus shows us that way. For this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. When the tiny bolt hits you, when the Holy Spirit takes that little spark in you and sets something on fire in you, I hope you will let it charge you so that you will break forth with the energy and love so that whatever language you're expressing, others will see, truly see, the joy and the love and the praise of God. So, my friends, happy Pentecost. Happy Pentecost. And amen.